Wade into Wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Hello again. Welcome back to Wade into Wealth. I'm Chuck Wade. My brother Ethan is here. If you've been with us and listening, you know the deal by now. This is episode 93. Do you know we're almost to 100? I did not. Yeah. No, I believe it, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been going since uh, uh, early 2021, and, and and here we are. Still so. going strong. Yeah. Just got to hey. hope we get renewed for season three in 2023. <laughs> Luckily, we make the decision on that, so uh, that'll <laughs> yeah. help. Hey, were you aware that you'd so you'll soon be able to buy stock in Porsche, the automaker? Uh, brand I, is going public in the coming weeks. I was, yes. What I was not aware of was that Volkswagen uh, owns that brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did not know that. I also learned this past weekend, just ironically, that Hyundai owns the Genesis brand. I was, I was driving by a used car. This literally happened uh, Saturday. A used car place saw his car. I thought, wow, that's a really good looking car. I didn't even. I don't even know what the Genesis brand is. I don't. Know. Well, it doesn't. I'm matter. not a car person. But I thought, neither am I. But I saw this SUV and thought, wow, that is a really nice SUV. Hmm. And I looked it up when I got home. Specifically, sought out that website to look it up. Eighty-five grand with two thousand miles on it, but uh, Genesis is car. their luxury okay. brand, just like Porsche would be would be Volkswagen's luxury brand, yeah, uh, as well. And Lexus, I think, is Toyota's. Yes, I yes. believe Lexus so. and Toyota same 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 engines, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, Interesting. Anyway, I Interesting mean that's stuff. about as far as I go with with vehicles. It's not an area of expertise for me Me neither this one just happened to catch my eye yeah so uh yeah you'll be able to buy shares of porsche soon if you want to and and that brings us to the topic of this week's podcast which is ipos also known as initial public offerings public offerings i actually spaced on that for me i was like ipo yeah Yeah. you're welcome i picked up (laughs) on it appreciate that (laughs) ipo initial public offering which is what we're going to discuss today and what they are how they work and should you be investing in them? Mm-hmm. This is a question that when companies go public, usually there are a few phone calls or emails. Well, particularly brands that people right. know. Right. You know, you think of like Weber Grill. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, remember ones that have happened kind of recently. Levi's. Uber. Porsche. Yeah. yeah. When, when it's something that's a little more mainstream and people recognize the service mm-hmm. or their product. We get more calls about it uh, when they're more random. They're not random, but uh, other businesses that you wouldn't see on just Main Street USA, uh, you're you're not going to get as much attention for it. The one that comes to mind with me, and this is because it was very, it was soon after I had started in this business, was Facebook. Sure. When Facebook went public in 2012. Yep. And that was a huge deal. I don't know if it might have been the biggest IPO ever at the time, or it was just... In terms of the anticipation. Because everyone had Facebook it, in 2012. Everyone had Facebook and, and... And they lived their lives through it and they wanted a piece of it. And it was sort of a debacle. Um, but I, yep. I just remember that was a real learning experience for me because so many people were interested in that and wanted to invest in Facebook or thought they wanted to invest in Facebook. Sure, yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about IPOs today and initial public offering. First of all, what is it? Well, companies can raise cash one of two ways. Either they can sell their stock, which is you're literally transferring ownership Mm -hmm. to someone else, or I should say a portion of ownership 
yeah. to somebody else for money. Or they can issue debt, which are called bonds, and that's where they're borrowing the money. An initial public offering is an IPO where the company is looking to sell some of their stock to raise cash. Typically, this is a company that is private. Yes, meaning, meaning their shares are folks not in the public, public can't just go buy them. They're not whenever they publicly want. traded. You wouldn't yep. find a stock ticker for it. You can't go buy stock in this company. Wegmans is a private company. Mm-hmm. People will ask occasionally, well, can we buy stock in Wegmans? No. We Wegmans, wish. We wish. Wegmans we is a private company. Yep. And I, I don't think Wegmans will ever go public. <laughs> I don't know that no, they'd ever want to go public. Uh, never say never, but it would be, uh, you know, so when you transition from a private entity towards a publicly traded company, and one reason why Wegmans may not want to go public is that you start to give up in some way some of the control of the business and some of the control over the decisions that are being made. Now, in the case of Volkswagen, they're only giving out, I think, less than 13%. 12.5%. And 12.5%, less than 13% which of Which is less ownership. than 13 mm-hmm. uh, Which is a modest portion of the true ownership in that business and that brand, but they're doing it as a means to raise cash and capital to start to build out their electric vehicle models. Mm -hmm. And so they're not just doing it because they want to get rich. The people who are running Volkswagen and those shareholders are already probably fairly (laughs) well off. They're already okay. But they're doing it from a strategic decision of we want to raise this capital and instead of borrowing money as interest rates continue to go up, we're going to sell part of this business, a minority stake in the business, to public shareholders so that we can get that infusion of capital. One of the things that happens when a company goes public or offers shares Private companies not really required to disclose any information about their no. profits, about their nope. about the way they're running. Not their to business. the public. Not to the public. When a company begins the process of going public, there's a document called the S one that has to be filled out, and that is sort of the opening of the curtain to the yep. way a company operates, to their finances, to their debts, to basically the way the owners of the company are making decisions. And, and think of it like this: we all have our own personal tax returns. Mm-hmm. Well, the personal tax returns of the business for a privately held company, they don't have to be made public. But a publicly traded company would be the equivalent of us putting our personal tax return on Facebook for people to be able to see it. But the reality is, if you're investing in the company, you deserve the ability to see the numbers and the financial health of what's going on inside of it. So that's a key key transition that uh, we start to see there. Why do people get so excited about IPOs? Well, I think people get excited... One, if it's a brand like we talked about or a service that they recognize because it's easy to associate IPOs with only the successful ones like Amazon or Tesla or Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And when people hear it, they think dollar signs of getting in on this company when it's brand new, it hasn't taken off yet, and everything has hope, which means this could be the next Amazon, this could be the next Tesla, it could be the next Microsoft. And if I get in now, that's going to make me a millionaire. (laughs) So that's, you know, because we we only remember the good. Well, it's not that we only remember the good. It's that in a scenario like that, we only think about the best case scenario. Right. When we're going to the casino, we're not going to thinking, well, I'm going to lose 500 bucks. No, (laughs) I got a chance to make a couple thousand today. And what would I spend on if that uh, if that happened? Yeah. And and there is the opportunity to make money with an IP. Of course. Yeah. There is the opportunity to lose money. 
with right. an IPO. Yep. Both are both are opportunities. The likelihood of losing money with an IPO as an investor is greater than the likelihood of it being profitable. And there's a variety of reasons, and we'll get into those. But how do they actually work? Well, let's say a company is going public and they decide to offer a certain amount of shares. So if Porsche's own op is offering 12.5% of the company, company's going public, they say, we're going to offer 5 million shares to the public. And there is a process in which those shares are valued yep. at what's called the IPO price. And we're leaving some things out because it can get fairly complicated. So we're simplifying it can. this. <laughs> it can. <laughs> it can. And there's a lot of money to be made as banks and companies that help with initial oh, yeah. public offerings that help bring these to market. It's not just a company says, well, we're going to go public. Here's how, here are the shares and here's the price. That's a, it's a very detailed and complicated process. So we're simplifying, but for the reasons of not wanting to go out too far off the weeds or make this an hour and a half long podcast. We will keep simplifying. So let's say that a company's issuing 5 million shares and they're going to issue that to the public and they value it at $10 a share. So that means... And they don't just arbitrarily pick, ah, 10 is what we want. There's going to be a lot of thought that goes into mm -hmm. that because they want people to want to buy these. So... In a perfect world, they would say, well, we'll be able to sell them for $1,000 a share. But they have to think about what are people going to be willing to pay to buy or pay for their ownership in Porsche's brand? Because they need people to buy the stock. Mm -hmm. If no one buys the stock, they don't get the money. Easiest parallel I can draw is to what we saw in real estate the last couple yes. of years. Real estate yep. was very hot. And I remember when we sold our house talking with our realtor and, and him saying, look, you want to list it at an attractive price. We believe right. that you will get more than your listing, and that is the hope and the objective, but you don't want to list it at a price that people look at it or see it on Zillow and think, nope, too much. Right. You want to list it at a price where they think, hey, yeah, that's a good price, and then let, let the bidders mm -hmm. bid the price of the house up. It's yep. the same with an IPO. You want to give it a price that is appropriate but isn't pricing it too high. Right. And so... That is how that is determined. So if it's 5 million shares and the, the underwriters and the companies say we're going to offer it at $10 a share, the idea is that raises $50 million for the company. Typically, these numbers are significantly higher. Yeah, again, we're just that. simplifying it so that we can do the math in our head on air. Keep in mind, the owners aren't selling all of their shares. Typically, they're retaining control of the company. Mark Zuckerberg well, did yeah. not sell all of his shares of Facebook. And Volkswagen's a good example. Right. They're, they're not selling 87% of the ownership of, of right. the company, so, but enough to raise some cash. So what does it mean for you? And I think this is where someone who's interested in an IPO or hears that, I think that the way that the media reports and, and gives information on IPOs is very poor. It's not yeah, it's very misleading. It is not as simple as, okay, well, XYZ company is offering the shares at $10 a share that you and me or our clients or 95%, 99% of the public yep. can just go out and say, oh, I can get that at the IPO price. It's not quite how it works. No, no. That, that initial IPO price is going to go to some of the largest institutional investors. In some cases, it may be some of the companies that help the underwriting process to okay. get the shares brought to market. But when we're talking about you, me, Mr. and Mrs. Rochester, or anyone out there who's listening, chances are we're going to have to buy that in what's called the secondary market. Pause we a second. Institutional investor. That's like a mutual fund. Yeah, it's a mutual fund. Fidelity. Uh, endowment Vanguard. plans. Okay. They tend to be some of the largest 
investors in terms of assets out there and billions. Those types of, oh yeah, billions of yes. dollars. Yes, there are also companies, and they're going to get the first crack at it. Um, Goldman Sachs is a very large company; does a lot of this. So does J.P. Morgan. These mm-hmm. banks help these companies go public. Correct. They are given an amount of shares to sell. They don't offer it again to you and me. They right. are offered to some of to to not some of the but to the largest and best yep. client. Hey, you can buy couple thousand shares mm-hmm. of this company if you would like. They're not open to you and I. No, no. So as the day goes on and that trading initially starts and happens, it then transitions towards what's called the secondary market. And that's where it's you and me. And maybe you got not just Chuck and Ethan, but as an, for an anyway. analogy, making a market, you may have got it at 1150 Mm-hmm. Or maybe you got it at nine, and now you can sell it for eleven, and so or so forth. So the prices are going to change once it hits the secondary market. Again, that initial IPO price of ten dollars, when it finally is able to get to the secondary market, it could be up to twenty-five, right? Or it could be down to five. There's it doesn't just go up, even though on that initial day there's a lot of enthusiasm about it. Sometimes you could you could see it pop in the stock, but I think you mentioned Facebook earlier. Facebook's IPO price, I think, was forty bucks. Forty dollars. It was a share. around forty dollars a share, and they dipped down to seventeen at one point within a month after. And the day of, it got it was there was a lot going on that there was a lot of the companies that helped bring Facebook's IPO public. There wasn't the huge jump in price that people were right. anticipating. It didn't go to sixty or seventy or eighty. Well, because you said the share. best, the best word, two words, whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know how many words it was, but there wasn't the large jump in price that everyone was anticipating. Yeah, everyone thought, oh, Facebook's going to go to 80. It's going to double. And there because, are days where IPOs do double sure. or triple or quadruple on the first day of trading. But when everybody thinks something is going to happen, <laughs> yeah, it rarely really does. does that actually happen. And so I think it, it took their shares... A full year b- yeah. before it even got back to the original IPO price. Now you look at Facebook today, very much a long, successful yeah, long-term Facebook investment. Facebook is $160 a share yeah. today. So, so four so times higher than it was on its IPO 10 price years 10 ago. years ago. Right. And it was up to almost $400 a share at one point. So, sure. you know, and the, this is the question. That's 10 times. Yeah. Should you be <laughs> investing in an IPO? Um, I get this. We get this question frequently when there is an IPO and you made a good point of a brand people know and are familiar with. And the question, should you be investing? There are times where somebody says, Hey, I just really like that company. Mm -hmm. I want to invest in it. Okay. You know, just don't put 20% of your portfolio. Don't put a ton of money into it. 10, five. I mean, we have a rule of thumb that we, we don't like to have any more than 5% of your portfolio in any one particular company. And so if you're looking at it and thinking, because sometimes investing can be fun. Mm -hmm. If you look and think, I really like this company. I love their products. I love the service they offer. And I want to be an owner in them. Get yourself some. But don't get so much that you're taking an unnecessary amount of risk to participate in in that novelty. It doesn't mean you should automatically invest. Mm Pets.com is one of the more famous IPOs in the early 2000s. Company went public. What did they do? Huge fanfare. I pets.com I think it's kind of like a like a chewy like a chewy now now so their idea was was well, the fantastic idea wasn't wrong but the hype the execution the of hype it around too. it and it was a different time the tech yeah. bubble you know had had not quite burst yet this was one of the things that helped start the the bursting <laughs> of that bubble you know, less than a year later the company's bankrupt 
All right. Facebook went around forty dollars a share months later. If you'd invested, you were down more you than down half. more than half yeah. of your investment. And that goes back to well, why are you investing? Do you understand your reasoning? Right. Because it's tough if you're down fifty percent or sixty percent a month after two months, three months after you made an investment. It's tough to stick with it. Now, if you're willing to extend that timeline out and be patient with it, which is why you should have an objective yep. to it and saying, look, I really believe in this company, then you shouldn't be investing to make a quick profit. You should be investing in that case because you believe the company stands to become more valuable into the future. And if that's the case, that means you need to allow the management and that organization time to demonstrate that success through profits and hopefully share appreciation that should and could follow that. Often I will have the conversation with someone that is interested in investing the day of an IPO and say, let's wait. Yep. Because if there is big hype, if there's a huge amount of hype, a huge chunk of the shares go up twice, 50%, 100%, they may very well, um, you know, they may very well continue to appreciate. Often what we'll see happen is shares will drop. And then if it is a good company in time when they've demonstrated they're profitable, they're making a good product, selling a service that's of value, it does grow in value. Look, good companies, it, it's like the cream. The cream will rise to the top. Good companies will in the investment world as well. It's just sometimes they can be crowded out with what everyone thinks is a great idea, but in reality isn't the best business. It's and also th those... I Those wean themselves out. You know, all good. It's worth considering or knowing that when a company goes public, there are restrictions in terms of time of when shareholders can sell shares in some cases. So if a company goes public, sharehold, original shareholders of the company, Correct. maybe yeah. they are if often... If you're in the secondary market, there isn't. But those original right. shareholders, yes. So people who made a big profit or see the value of their shares, if you were an original employee of Amazon... And your shares were, you know, you acquired your shares at a dollar a share. You can't necessarily unload all of yours the day of the IPO. You have to wait. So there are periods in which we will see large sales of shares in publicly traded companies that recently went public because early investors are able to finally take some of their profits. Sure. And so that will also, can also cause the value of the investment to decline. Listen, what you hear on the news and TV with regards to an IPO rarely applies to you. <laughs> yes. Um, but there are ways to invest. You can buy it on the secondary market. There are also mutual funds and investments that are available to you that do invest heavily in IPOs. So and that'll if, give you more diversification. Right. If that's the route that you really want to. And they have a much better chance of getting that that. Uh, actual IPO price at the IPO price. So there are there are there are IP mutual funds that focus on that that may be worth considering for a more diversified approach to investing in IPOs. Mm -hmm. But in general, buyer beware. Make sure you know what you're investing, but also understand the process. It's not as black and white as company goes public, and I and, get it for ten bucks, and I get it for ten bucks a share. No, yeah. that's typically not. You might get it for twenty. You might get it for five. Mm -hmm. But understanding how it works is something that I think is very important. And you said, and you said it best, have an objective. If you're going to make an investment, any investment, whether it's IPO, individual company, ETF, mutual fund, have an objective. What are you trying to accomplish with it? Because your investments are tools. They're tools in a toolbox. 
and that's it. And mm -hmm. if you can think of them as tools in a toolbox, remove the emotional component, you're likely to do a lot better over time. Absolutely. That's IPOs. Wade into Wealth returns next week. Thanks again for spending some time with us. Contact the Wade Group at wadegroup at brightonsecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade into Wealth, brought to you by The Wade Group at Brighton Securities.